<laughs> All right. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to TBN. It's the show where we unpack some news as it relates to, you know, the world of vaping, tobacco, tobacco control, cigarettes, smoking, science, nicotine, and the such as. <laughs> I'm your freedom love and libertarian host, uh, Grim Green. Now joined, or it's this side, by my far left fact checker. It's Danielle Jones. Hi, Danielle Jones. Socialism. Socialism. Send me to Venezuela. Oh, no, God. we're not going to. No, no, we're not going to. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm don't. not interested in international travel. Yeah, sorry. we're not. Not especially not uh, not right now and, and not to Venezuela. But uh, welcome, everybody. Like I said, uh, what we do on this stream, it's it's the least entertaining least sexy aspect of vaping i mean truly and honestly probably the most important um but we're going to talk all about some news all about some advocacy there's some good news there's some ragey news i guess some truth buttery news in there but uh there's a little bit of news out of australia there's a little bit of news out of montana um there's a really good podcast that i want to tell you guys about we're going to be doing Maybe a little bit of a comparison between the American Cancer Society and Cancer Research UK. The contrasts between these two organizations are, it's, it's not even like this. It's like this. <laughs> it's just off, it's off the scale. It's kind of unbelievable. One fell off the table and the other's through the roof. Yep, that's it. That perfectly describes the differences between the American Cancer Society and Cancer Research UK. That should be pretty interesting. Um, like I said, there's some good news out of Montana. And then, like the title of the video says, smoking's long decline has kind of, uh, at least, I don't know if the correct terminology is slowed, uh, come to a stop. It's at least slowed. It's at least flatlined for the first time in probably six years, cigarette sales have remained uh, steady. Steady cigarette sales in a world of all sorts of harm reduction products and vapor products and snooze and all of these other nicotine uh, tobacco-free alternatives. We still are cranking away on some cigarette sales. What could have caused that? I don't know. I know. Hmm. It's really like a Gosh darn it, it's I just a head can't. scratcher. <laughs> it's a real head scratcher. I wonder what could have possibly got people from vaping back to smoking. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting question. Uh, we're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a little bit of story time with Grim Green uh, as well. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll rag on the World Health Organization just a little bit. But welcome, you guys. Appreciate you being here. We're here to. Uh, you know, what do we always say? Discredit the myth-making machine. We're yeah. here to inform. We're here to arm you guys with the best information possible so that we can all be uh, more effective more effective advocates, you know, and be informed. An informed advocate is a, is a good advocate. And speaking of being informed, CASA, Danielle Jones sent this my way, CASA uh, is having a virtual hearing on how to testify at a public hearing uh, in the COVID age. Let me read the, the tweet here from CASA, but it says, uh, join CASA CEO Alex Clark and Safada board member Lindsey Stroud, who's, Lindsey Stroud's incredible, by the way, for this webinar 
intended to teach both consumers and business, business owners the ins and outs of how to sign up for and submit testimony for state-level hearings in this new virtual era. I think this is great. Um, and where can people get on? Is this on the CASA website, Danielle Jones? Uh, I believe I, it's I actually, it's, you register on the SFADA website. I think there is a, uh, a little link at the bottom of that. Register at www.sfada.org. Oh, Resources. there it is. Fence. Yeah. I could have just kept re- kept reading the flyer. <laughs> I got you. I fact checked the flyer. <laughs> I <for> appreciate you. <laughs> subject matter expert, Danielle Jones. Fly- I mean, you're a subject matter expert. Flyers, flyers are my thing. You know? I don't know. So I'll put a link down in the description where you can register for this. But I think this is really, really good. You know, the landscape is changing. Once yes. upon a time, you know, if there was a flavor ban hearing like LA County flavor ban hearing, I just get in my car. 15 minutes down the road, I'm in a, I'm in a official state building and I'm standing at this microphone and I'm expressing my disapproval of a flavor ban. Not so much possible anymore. And are any of these hearings having people like actually there or I feel like it's all it's I all think- for the most Zooming, part, right? yeah, I think I've seen a few, like I saw one or two California ones where they would have like, you know how, at least in California, sometimes they have like official witnesses for, you know, both sides and then they've got public comment. Sure, sometimes sure. the official witnesses, there'll be one or two that come in like in person, but I think they don't really want large gatherings yeah. of people. So right. ideally, you know, they may allow some, but virtual is kind of where it's at. Right. Virtual is where it's at. And so if this is a new territory for you, jump on and uh, jump on this webinar. I definitely want to watch it because, dude, we're getting into legislative season. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. we're going to parlay this right into there are some active CASA calls to actions, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an Indiana uh, tax is that what that says? Stop it. I'm so used to seeing flavor ban, like flavor ban, flavor ban, I know, flavor, right? ban flavor ban. It's like, wait, yeah, what, what is this tax. word? Tax? Okay. Mm-hmm. Big vapor tax in Indiana, HB 1434. And this is an eight cents per milliliter tax on e-liquid. That hearing was actually yesterday, though. Yes, yesterday it was. Morning. So we'll probably get an update shortly. All right. See, that's the thing that that's the thing with these calls to actions, man. It, it's like a day or two. Sometimes. Yeah, a lot of times we don't get a lot of, and they'll, they'll stack them. It's it's almost like, are you guys talking to each other? It's like <laughs> five states will all have a hearing Monday Maybe. morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, the New Hampshire one, which is a flavor bend as well, SB62, that also had a hearing yesterday morning. Um, so look out for updates. But you guys, if you want up to the minute, you know, breaking stuff, Follow Casa on Twitter, mm-hmm. become a member, mm-hmm. and you will get the emails whenever, because we email whenever mm-hmm. a new call to action in your area goes out, and you'll be one of the first to know about these. So please, please join Casa. It's join free. Up. You just give us your info, sign up on a, on a little you know page on the website, um, and you can also join your Casa State Facebook groups, um, yes. because a lot of information... Um, gets posted in your state groups as well because it's kind of a crowdsourcing, you know, think tank situation. People pick up articles, they've got relationships with lawmakers, and that's where a lot of the late breaking stuff happens is in the right. Facebook groups. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's good to be plugged into those because these are, you know, like she said, stacked on top of each other. Sometimes it's like a day or two's notice where it's like, here we have 24 hours to do as much of it, and it's done, it's gone. 
That was our window. That was our tiny window. So when you see a CASA call to action, I make it a habit just to do it because if you come back to it tomorrow, it could be uh, could be done, could be over, and your voice, you know, your voice uh, end up won't not being heard, and that's a that's a huge bummer. So when you see these calls to actions, just jump on them. What does it take? Like two seconds? Exactly, seconds? it's really fast. So and fast. If you, I see some people in chat. If you have been signed up for the emails, but recently you feel like you have not been seeing them, mm. um, you might go ahead and check your spam folder just to double check. We did switch to a new platform that gives us much better and more awesome tools. But I think you know, for some people's email systems, sometimes things can initially get flagged as spam, unfortunately. Yeah. So check that folder uh, and just make sure, and then you know, do the thing you need not not spam, you know, and then we'll show up. So just yeah. check that. Just check it. And it's super easy. Um, Jay Cook in the chat. Yeah. Trust <laughs> raiding the state building will do nothing. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't raid anything. I'm not, not encouraging any, anything like that. Anything. The only, the only protesting we do is with these right here. It's a keyboard. We send lots of emails and lots of tweets. Also this boop. Hello, White House. Vaping is good. Yes. There you go. That's how we, <laughs> yeah, it's more like, ah, that's what we but, do. But inside voices. Nice inside, inside voices. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Passion, you know, firmness, determination, yes. facts. But Confidence, nice, nice voice. Uh, New Hampshire, flavor ban in New Hampshire. In fact, there was a super chat from uh, Falk Tube. He says, I might miss the live stream, but heads up, New Hampshire is talking about a flavor ban. They are talking about a flavor ban, and it's SB62. Stop the flavor ban. SB62 in New Hampshire. Uh, interesting move from New Hampshire when they're experiencing like a, a retail and commerce boom because, right, because of, of the ban in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Right. New Hampshire's just raking in money now. Apparently, they don't like that, so they want to... Um, they want to ban flavors. It says SB 62 would ban the sale of vapor products in flavors other than tobacco and menthol. Uh, public hearing in February 1st. Yes. Okay. That was yesterday as well. Both of these. Damn it. Yep. I know. One day you difference. You can still send messages and we'll see. Alex will update the calls to action when we have information. Yeah. And you can still do the call to action if the hearing has happened. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Tell them how you feel. Yeah, abs because it's not, you know, the the status of the bill, it's not a law right now. Just because right. they had the first hearing, it's right. it's just kind of starting off that process, you know. And this is going to be a thing, and this is why I really want to do that CASA uh, webinar, is we're getting into legislative season, man. We're going to see lots and lots and lots of vape legislation. Taxes. Flavor bans, yep. usage bans, indoor, outdoor, all yep. sorts of limitations. And online sales, I'm online, sure. Online We're sales, I'm sure. And, and it's not just going to be like a federal vape mail ban. It's going to start going state by state. Yep. And they're going to implement their own mm -hmm. internet sales ban, online sales ban. Uh, flavor ban. Flavor ban. Yeah. Nonsense. And so... You got to be ready and it, you know, yeah. it doesn't really take much effort. Uh, in 2016, when I, you know, trying to be advocacy and, and I'm feeling real timid about myself and I would, 
call and be nervous trying to, you know, and after you do it like three or four times, it just becomes this casual, like, okay, what's next on my list? Okay. That's who I'm calling. What's next on my list? Okay. That's who I'm calling. And I made a video one time on Facebook. I just recorded myself making the phone call just to show you, look how easy this is. Th these people work for you. They, they are paid by your tax dollars and you elected them and they work for you and they have to listen to you. So you call with that in mind, gives you a little bit of, uh, gives you a little bit of confidence and it's real easy to do. So I guess that's some updates from CASA. Unfortunately, those two hearings kind of already happened, but please, please, I'll post links in the description. Please, please still do the, uh, still do the flavor ban. I also wanted to share this. We have a lot to talk about today and we're not going to spend very much time on the USPS vape mail ban only because it seems like there's just so much up in the air right now. There's so many uncertain things. Uh, people don't know if this is going to be okay for B2B. So if a business can send vape gear to another business, like we were talking right. about earlier, they allow with cigarettes. I mean, right. USPS does. USPS yeah. ships cigarettes from businesses to businesses. Right. Really the business to consumer side of it is where we get into some Trouble. Some, some trouble, right? Some some sketchy areas. There's, you know, FedEx has officially announced that they're going to follow suit as well. UPS yes, has officially yeah. announced that they're going to follow suit as well as far as shipping vape stuff from a business to a consumer. Um, and Matt Cully, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. Love Matt. Miss Matt. We should make Matt like a monthly guest. Just have Matt oh, on once I'm a month. Oh, I'm into it. Dude, I'd be so it. into that. So into that, but uh, you know, Matt's Facebook is pretty legendary, and this it's was lit. this it is lit, fam. This is what Matt had to say um, on his thoughts on the vape mail ban. I just want to share it with you guys. Matt says, "My thoughts on the vape mail ban. After talking to various people that know more than me in this space, there's still a lot of unknowns. Yeah, basically, UPS and FedEx overreacted because the rules are vague and they're protecting themselves. The implications for big cannabis companies are bad." So they're lobbying the government to come out with further clarifications. This could severely hurt brands like PAX. This is something we talked about last week or whatever, last week, two weeks ago. What's, uh -huh. what's time anymore? Uh, who knows? That this does affect cannabis companies and, it does. and, and weed companies and CBD vaporizers as Literally well. Literally anything that you can vape it yeah, affects. They anything. wrote it very broadly. Super broadly and super, super vaguely. Super vaguely, but Matt goes on to say, wouldn't shock me to see the government say they won't enforce against non-nicotine-containing vaporizer products because trying to differentiate between vaporizers made for nicotine and vaporizers made for weed would be near impossible. So I think if the government lightens up on the weed companies, they will probably just lighten up on all empty hardware. Thoughts? Sure, I I could I kind of agree with I that. Could I could kind of see that happening. I mean, judging how well the government it, is at doing shit, <sighs> they're not going to be like lawmakers don't even know the difference. How are like yeah. customs agents or postal workers yeah. like going to I mean, he he makes a very good point. Um, I would not use that as an excuse to be like, oh, well, everything's fine. then. Right, right, like, right. I wouldn't feel, you know, don't let it lull you into a false sense of security. No. But if, you know, I, I've heard that the cannabis, you know, lobby is mm -hmm. trying to work on, you know, ATF or whatnot to, you know, be like, 
could you not enforce on us though, bro? Like, you know, so if they were to go that direction, it would definitely muddy the waters because like, I mean, technically I could put, you know, a cannabis vape on my swell. It would be, it would be bad. It would be bad. It would taste bad and work poorly. But it would, or like I had a, one of those uh, NES mods a while mm-hmm. back. You remember the NES mods? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. NES. I, I still that have mine. Worked with a cannabis. Yes, vape. yes, it like, does. There are some things that cross over. They and do. Having people who don't know anything about this understand, you know, parts and what they work with and what they don't. Yeah, and I mean, the oil and the e-liquid are not sort of interchangeable like that. No. But the batteries and stuff and, and, and parts, it's just a 510 threaded thing. I use this little Vaporesso guy for my pens. Uh-huh. And when I got this, it came with a little little RDA type of kit. You know, it was like a thing with a little thing. And now it's just a threaded 510 thing. So it started off its life as a nicotine vapor product. But because it's compatible with some aspects of cannabis vaping, it's kind of the same thing. It is going to muddy the waters, and I could see, I could see what's Matt saying come true. I could see them being lenient on non-nicotine containing items, items yeah. right? So maybe like an RDA, right? That could, that could, that could. Who knows? Uh, there will still be ways for B to B to ship, and a good chance that other shippers will lighten up on that side but it's not looking great for business-to-consumer U.S. companies. There's been talk of new shipping networks for B2B as well. We will definitely see rules getting broken and foreign online sites continuing to ship to the states, in my opinion. I definitely agree with that. Shipping companies and customs will only catch a very tiny fraction of the packages. Obviously, this could potentially help vape shop businesses, so hopefully they don't price gouge and also bring in products for all kinds of vapors. Rural people that rely on online will be screwed unless they can find a reliable foreign retailer or a homie hookup. The homie hookup is going to be a big thing. And I definitely agree with Matt that I think um, I don't think China is going to play by these rules in any capacity. I think if you ordered from, I don't know, what is a China? Heaven's Gifts? That's based out of China, isn't it? If you ordered something off of Heaven's Gifts and it ships directly to you from China, the chances of that getting to you, I think, are pretty high. They are going to try to confiscate stuff at the border. So it's a lot of, like, gambling. Yeah, and, like, you know, I'm not... I'm not giving anyone advice or telling you to break laws or not. Please do not misunderstand. However, some of it's going to depend on how things are labeled and marked. I mean, yep. That's, I'm just going to end it there. But, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, the, the personal side of this, the idea that I, Nick can send a package of vape gear to you, Danielle, and it's coming from Nick Green at my address to you person at your address. I, I could send you vape gear. I could send you weed. I could send you anything. And they're not going to. Probably not. Probably I mean, they, not. they could if for some oh, reason man. they had a suspicion and they opened it, which sure. they're allowed to do. Sure. But if they don't do that, I mean, people do that already with illegal drugs, right? Like right. they're shipping XC through the postal service. Yeah. Like. Look, you know. FedEx has per- has delivered me drugs on more than one occasion. 
I mean, I'm comfortable admitting that, but a, a FedEx package has showed up and I go, oh, what's in here? Rip. Oh, there it is. Stuff that you're not supposed to ship that is th technically illegal to ship. I've had stuff delivered to me. Um, I'm Again, of course, don't don't break any laws. We are never going to. I'm not going to advocate breaking the law. Not going to advocate YouTube breaking the law. To break the law. Don't. Don't break the law, but <laughs> I feel like you should just end that sentence. Period. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So again, but read up on things. Yeah, that's all we'll say. Yeah. Do your own. Do research. some. Do some research and see what you can ship to people personally, or you know, otherwise. Look, I'm you know, at running the risk of incriminating myself. I've sent e-liquid to the state of New York multiple times recently. And that's not, that's not, that's really not allowed. But I've sent people, because what am I going to do? If there's some guy in New York and he's hit me up saying, I really don't want to buy a pack of cigarettes and I'm almost out of liquid. I can't get any liquid in the state of New York. Is there any way you can help me out? I'm not just going to be a monster and say, no, sorry. Go smoke. Yeah, go smoke cigarettes because... Cuomo, yeah, because I can't ship you a package. No, I'm going to ship you a package. I'm just Wait, going Cuomo, to. Wait, Cuomo, is it illegal? Technically, Possibly, yes. but so what? But so what? Two can play this game, Cuomo. Oh, yeah, this, but the so what game? Yeah. But <laughs> so what? That's right, technically, yes. I couldn't remember his yeah. verbiage. Technically, yes, but so what? I know, YouTube is always watching, and here's the thing. I don't care. They're not, they don't care about me. They don't care about me. No one's watching this going, all right, Nick Green, he shipped a package to New York. Swarm, swarm, swarm. You know, people kicking down my doors or anything like that. SWAT showing up. Sorry. And, and look, I would go to court. I would die on this hill. I would say he was going to smoke cigarettes if I didn't break the law. What would you have me do? I think I could stand on that leg and get pretty far in the judicial system. I mean, if I were a judge, I'd support you. Yeah. Danielle Jones for Supreme Court, United States. Let's do it, guys. Do it. So that's where we're at with the vape mail ban. It's kind of one of those things where it's it's inevitably slowly arriving. We're getting into February now, and this is a March issue. Yeah. So, look, anything can happen in that time. We can tweet and do calls to actions and make things happen in that time. But the cards are going to fall where the cards are going to fall. And then when that happens, then we can go, oh, okay, now let's pivot and let's see what we can do. Private carriers, how's the B2B business? You know, there's there's ways around this and uh, you never know. I don't know. You never know what's going to happen. If anything else, the news out of Australia gives me a little hope for the, for the United States. But before we get to Australia, I wanted to mention this podcast that yes. is awesome. Have you listened to these podcast episodes? God, they're so good. God, they're so good. So what I'm talking about comes from uh, the University of Oxford. This is a podcast called Let's Talk E-Cigarettes. And uh, it's fantastic. Since coming on the market over a decade ago, e-cigarettes have divided opinion. A team of Oxford researchers are searching for new e-cigarette studies every month. In this podcast, Dr. Jamie Hartman-Boyce and Dr. Nicola Linston talk about what has been found and how this changes what we know about e-cigarettes. 
This pro this podcast is made possible through funding from Cancer Research UK. So a few things going on here. A, this is a great podcast. I'll have a link down in the description to where you can check out this podcast. They're, they're quick, like, I don't know, like 35. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, like yeah, a yeah. half hour, maybe mm -hmm. half mm -hmm. hour, 35 minutes long. And just like it says, these are Univ University of Oxford researchers. These are two. I believe. These are the Cochrane people. Yes, these are the these are two doctors from the Cochrane Library. Yeah, the Tobacco Addiction Group. Yeah, TAG, Cochrane mm -hmm. TAG, Cochrane Tobacco Addiction Group. And previously on on an episode in the past when we when we really dove into the Cochrane Library research, they said in that research that they're going to have updates like monthly monthly updates of here's some new evidence we found, let's mm -hmm. talk about it. Here's some mm -hmm. new evidence we found, let's talk about it. That's what this is. This is yes. the continuing Cochrane Library meta-analysis of vape studies. And it's, it's so interesting. So it's it's insanely interesting. It's really just hyper refreshing to hear doctors talking about vaping in like a a real world sort of situation and unbiased, un like unbiased, guided by science, guided by evidence. And I just think it's I just think it's one of the best things I've heard in a really long time. And I cannot recommend it enough. If you also, want they're kind of funny. They like, are. They're, they're nice, casual, like they funny are. People. They're like, just you should listen to it. They, it's entertaining. It's, it's honestly real yeah, it is. They're they're great and they're really entertaining and they're really smart and they really care about e-cigarettes and the efficacy of smoking cessation using e-cigarettes and they really are laser focused in on science studies data like they're on a search for the truth yes. and you, you can't ask for much more than that one thing that i thought was hilarious is as i'm looking at this i thought well this podcast is made possible through funding from cancer research uk that's the that's the United Kingdom's basically uh, like American Cancer Society, right? It's their version. It's Cancer Research UK in the UK. And again, when we're talking about the the tables being tilted obscurely in one direction, it does not come any more evident when you compare the American Cancer Society's stance on vaping to Cancer Research UK's stance on vaping. Keeping in mind, these are both public health organizations, right? They're both public health organizations focused on cancer. Yep. They both have the same mission. They both have the same goal. They both have access to the same science and data. But what happens in the UK is Cancer Research UK goes, oh, okay, here, the evidence so far shows that e-cigarettes are far less harmful than smoking. Um, nicotine is addictive, but does not cause cancer. Uh, it even says passively breathing vapor from e-cigarettes is unlikely to be harmful. Growing evidence shows e-cigarettes are helping people to stop smoking. Cancer Research UK. They care yeah. about science and cancer, and they want people to vape because growing evidence shows that e-cigarettes are helping people to stop smoking. Now, mm -hmm. that's in the UK. Compare this to what we see from the American Cancer Society. What's their stance on e-cigarettes? Oh, I'll show you right here. E-cigarettes should not be used to quit smoking. 
American Cancer Society. The AACS does not recommend the use of e-cigarettes as a cessation method. No e-cigarette has been approved by the Food and Drug Administration as a safe and effective cessation product. E-cigarettes should not be used to quit smoking. How many? I know. It's just you're instantly like head to toe full of rage, right? Yeah. Instantly. instantly. I'm seeping truth by I feel okay. I know. I feel like fire coming out of my shirt collar and like yeah. consuming yeah. my face. It's unbelievable when especially when you think about like what if a smoker was like Ooh, what about vaping? I wonder what the American Cancer Society has to say about vaping. What? I should not use an e-cigarette to quit smoking? Okay. Smoke, 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 smoke. This is, I mean, the American Cancer Society has to be held accountable for this. Has to be. Especially since most of the people who smoke, I feel, who are, you know, coming across vaping are usually the types of people who've tried mm-hmm. all tons of other methods, mm-hmm. right? Like Chantix, patches, gums, hypnosis, like all behavioral therapy. They've I've talked to so many vapers who tried a million things. Because vaping is kind of weird, right? It's mm-hmm. new. It's, it's like yeah. you have to be like a little bit on yeah. the desperate side to try out <laughs> this like newfangled technology mm-hmm. that you've never seen before, right? Like... And of all the people, those are the ones that you're going to tell. Yep. Not to. Yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) E-cigarettes should not be used to quit smoking, Danielle. American Cancer Society says so. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. You're supposed to blindly trust the American Cancer Society on all things related to vaping. The American Cancer Society even had... You want to spend some more time ragging on the American Cancer Society? They have... um, So it's interesting if you go to their website and search for their stance. They have an official stance on electronic cigarettes. And they explain that, well, the American Cancer Society back in 2018, we held this stance that cigarette smokers would benefit from switching to electronic cigarettes. And then they say, but... Because of the youth uptake of vapor products, we no longer <laughs> recommend vaping as a, t- as a smoking cessation product. We did before, but when the kids started doing it, then it became, it stopped, well, it stopped working for adults. Than you are, so. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, oh angry it is it is i know it's okay we got some we got some honestly some pretty good news coming up as well as some bad news but listen to this um guidance this is guidance for adults who currently use e-cigarettes from the american cancer society okay it says some individuals who smoke choose to try e-cigarettes to help them stop since smoking kills fully half of all long long time users successfully stopping smoking leads to well-documented health benefits Nonetheless, adult smokers who switch to e-cigarettes expose themselves to potentially serious ongoing health risks. Did you know that? (laughs) Were you guys aware of that? You guys are exposing yourself to potentially serious ongoing health risks. Thusly, former smokers who are currently using e-cigarettes, whether alone or in combination with combustible tobacco, 
should be encouraged and assisted to stop using all tobacco products, including e-cigarettes, as soon as possible to eliminate their exposure to the ongoing health risks and avoid perpetuating addiction. That's their guidance. Perpetuating addiction? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, perpetuating addiction. That's what they you use. You know what? The war on drugs called. They want their prohibition bullshit back. Ah, oh, yeah, they do. Perpetuating addiction. You mean we can't call people addicts? That was never a cool thing to say, despite what everybody did. <laughs> Smokers. I'm so mad at these people. First off, it's not an addiction. You're using that term wildly inappropriately. Wildly. By the way. Wildly. Uh, and secondly, if somebody has a dependence, because that's what it's actually called, mm -hmm. a dependence on a substance that is not hurting them or other people, why is it any of your business? Right. Nicotine, right. I feel like, makes me a more productive human. Yes. Makes my brain work better. I my like brain it. likes it. It makes it happy. Yep. I do my job better. Mm -hmm. I focus better. Mm -hmm. All the things. Mm -hmm. That's not your business. Mm -hmm. I'm not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm not even hurting myself as far as most of the science tells me. Yeah. And it's definitely hurting way 95% less than if I were still smoking, which was what I was doing before. Yes. <laughs> no. Look. Just I agree no. with you. Do you no. <laughs> no. Come on, American Cancer Society. Get your shit together. It says individuals who are not yet able to stop using e-cigarettes should be strongly discouraged from simultaneous or dual use of any combustible tobacco products, including cigarettes. Continuing to smoke exposes the individual to enormous harms. Isn't that admitting that vaping's better than smoking without admitting that vaping is better than smoking. If you're telling a person who's vaping, don't go back to e-cigarette or don't go back to smoking, it's really, really bad for you. Isn't that saying that vaping's better without really saying that vaping's better? They do That's this shit. logic doesn't hold up. It doesn't like, make any sense. They don't even make sense. Like <sighs> Anyway, that's the American Cancer Society. Um... I'm not going to link down in the description to that. I will link down in the description to Cancer Research UK. Um, they have their policy on e-cigarettes, as you saw. <laughs> Growing evidence shows that e-cigarettes are helping people stop smoking. That's the, you know, that's the scientific stance that Cancer Research, uh, scientific stance that Cancer Research UK takes. What are you going to do? Uh, let me do this super chat that came in from Christopher. Appreciate that. Ever think? Let's ever think. Less lung cancer equals less donation and funding to the American Cancer Society? Look, I would hate to think that a public health organization is so motivated by securing that their funding that they would misrepresent facts and truth in order to continue to keep people smoking just to secure their funding. As much sense as that makes, I, I cannot be that cynical. I just can't. I, I can't. I don't trust the American Cancer Society. I don't agree with the American Cancer Society. I hope that they're not willfully ignoring science. I'm hoping that it's purely an ego thing or a ignorance thing. I would feel much better about both of those things. If it was just an ego thing, like, no, I, we're right. We're right. 
because our ego prevents us from looking at the science, or if it was just an ignorant thing, like they're just unaware of the science, both of those would be preferable to the American Cancer Society knowingly causing people to continue smoking just to secure their funding. That's, I can't, I can't. That would be pretty fucking evil. That would be pure evil. That is, that is, that is too far evil. That's too far gone. Oh, that's too far evil. So, um, I'll have some links down in the description uh, if you're interested in this podcast, which you definitely, definitely should be. And I will link, like I said, to the Cancer Research UK. Yeah, you definitely should. Um, Before we get to our main, main topic, there is some kind of some some good-ish news from uh, Montana. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. It's pretty interesting. It says, House endorses repeal of local vape products ban. So this is, from what I understand, legislation on top of other legislation to undo some of the prior legislation, because that's just that's just the way America and society works. If we have bad legislation on the table, we don't repeal it. We don't do anything with it. We we put more legislation on top to fight a f- to fix the first legislation that failed tremendously. But this comes from uh, ABC News KPVI. House endorses repeal of local vape products ban. Really interesting. A bill to prohibit local governments from putting regulations on vaping and alternative nicotine products got the initial approval from the Montana House on Friday, a proposal carried out by a lawmaker who co-owns three vape shops. Now, this is where things get sticky. How do you feel about this, Danielle? If this if this lawmaker owns vape shops, is that a conflict of interest regardless of if we agree with him? I still feel like it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. I mean, this is not unheard of, right? Like we had Scott Gottlieb Mm -hmm. who invested in a vape company who, you know, divested, but eventually became, I mean, people have other things that they, you don't like, usually you don't like pop out of your mom and you're like, I'm a lawmaker. The only (laughs) thing I ever do in life is lawmaking. Like usually you're a lawyer beforehand. You're, you know, a plumber, like whatever the hell it is. So I don't, I I mean, there's always going to be some sort of conflict. I think people need to be aware of that. They need to be open and honest about it, which clearly he is, right? He's not trying to hide that he owns vape shops. Um, So I personally, don't have a problem with it as long as everybody's transparent and sure. open and it's given, you know, you it's go. due, you know, see, and whatever. That, that, over. That's a perfect answer. That's a perfectly reasonable answer. I would say the same thing as long as there's transparency and people are made aware of things like this and then we can make decisions with this information in mind. Absolutely. I, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see a problem with it. And he's right. He's not trying to be shady or anything like that. Um, It says House Bill 137 defines vaping products separately from tobacco products as alternative nicotine products and vapor products. It's it's basically this bill's trying to designate, give it its own designation. Right. That would be incredible. This is one. This would be like the first in the country, right? There's no other states. Uh, no, I thought Wasn't there was there one other state. state? I thought there I was too. There's another state that defined. I can't. Don't ask me which one. But I remember hearing that there was oh, at least one other that? state. Yeah, there was another state. I feel like it's somewhere in the middle of the country, somewhere in the over bits? there. I don't. I could be wrong. Also, I don't geography very well. So no, I don't. We're, we're both. I'm bad at geography. There, but there, I feel like there, there is another state. state. There is another somewhere. state. I'll look into this. Um, but they're setting a great precedent here in uh, in Montana. They want tobacco products to be separate from nicotine products 
of course I support this. I think this is fantastic. It says the House bill, the House passed the bill on the second reading, 65 to 35. The makeup of the House is 67 Republicans and 33 Democrats. It goes on to talk about who, who voted for what, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets to the good part. This bill is saying that the small guy, the little business owner, can legally sell products licensed by the state of Montana. Marshall, the author, said during a floor hearing Friday, have a business license with the town, have a product that's geared towards adults who are trying to get away from combustible tobacco. Yeah. I mean, simple it's legal. enough. If it's then legal, you can legally sell it. that's what we're doing. Um, it goes on to say, yeah, that ends it with something weird. Um, wait, where was the really good quote about tofu and burgers? Oh, I saw that. Am I um, thinking of the wrong article? Maybe this isn't that article. No, I think because I thought I saw it too. I remember either that or it was something else we clicked on. I'm sure it was in this. Oh, yeah. Okay. He says... Uh, if I was going to come yep. in and stop you from selling tofu, and then I'm over here selling a product that's worse for you, wouldn't that be a little bit hypocritical? Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad he finally pointed out the hypocrisy thing because that is the truest thing in every flavor ban and tax that exists on vapor products is are cigarettes subject to this? Are cigarettes getting banned or are they still legal and freely available in every right grocery store, drugstore, convenience store across the state. All we want is for vapor products to be on the shelf next to a Marlboro. The consumer, the consumer should be the one that gets to decide. So uh, this is a thing that's going through the process. It's going through the system in Montana. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else it has to go through. It's a state, uh, uh, it's a state, you know, uh, bill. House bill. Supposed to have to go to the Senate next. I should really learn about state and local politics. Has to go. It was introduced. Has to go through the House. Has to go through. through, Yeah, both both houses because the federal government has two houses and Mm -hmm. so do state governments. Okay, both houses for the most part. Some states are weird, but for the most part, DC is supposed to be becoming a state now. Did you hear about this? I've heard that they've been advocating for statehood for a while, but I didn't know if there was any progress. I read something recently that was like. Oh, no, like this might be a thing soon. 50, oh. 52 states or something. 52 states now? I feel about? like they should be able to, like, they're here. They pay taxes. Yeah. They, do, they should a be able to. A lot of taxes they pay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of taxes. So that's some pretty good news out of Montana. This is going through the process, and it looks to have some pretty good support. Now, what I would do is if if I was a vapor in Montana, I would reach out to these lawmakers uh, instantly and as soon as you possibly can to throw your support behind them, tell them your story, tell them that vaping helped you quit smoking cigarettes and uh, get behind this. And honestly, I would support the crap out of this guy's vape shops. And they don't say which shops he owns uh, or anything like that, but just... Well, the- I believe he's married to... Are you familiar with... Um, let's see, what's his last name? The author... Um, his wife is, uh, Deanna Marshall. She's in the like vape community on the interwebs and things. Oh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. That's what somebody told me earlier. Interesting. Yeah. So they're peeps from the community. Like they're active on Facebook and, and stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Awesome. Yes. I love that. Support this, support this guy. 
what's this guy's name? I don't want to mess up this guy's name. His last name is Marshall. Marshall. Ron Marshall. Representative Ron Marshall. Go support Representative Ron Marshall. Support his vape shops. He's trying to save vaping in Montana. I think this would be a huge win if this happens. Vaping in Montana. We got vaping in Florida. We got vaping in California. We got vaping in Montana. Shit. Who knows what's next? Sky's the limit. So that's some kind of good-ish news. Now, before we get to our bummer news of the, you know, the ending of the decline of smoking, um, I wanted to mention something about Australia. There's not, there hasn't been a lot of movement in Australia, um, but there has been some movement in Australia, and I'm really just anxious to share any good news that I possibly can. If you guys are here now, just hit that like button. That would be my favorite thing if you did that. Um, so what's going on in Australia? Let's get up to speed on where we are in Australia. I think I've done this a few thousand times, but Australia vaping is illegal. And for years and years, if you were a vapor in Australia, you were importing your e-liquid, yeah? And most of the time you were importing it from New Zealand because you know it's kind of right there. It's like uh, if you're a Massachusetts resident, you go to New Hampshire to get your flavored uh, e-liquids same idea. You're importing it from New Zealand. Well, Greg Hunt, MP Greg Hunt, got wind of this and wanted to put an end to it. So he introduced some legislation that would uh, eliminate this. It would make it illegal to import nicotine. Uh, you would have had a $220,000 fine if you were caught importing nicotine. And so there was this nicotine ban. But now that's kind of possibly going away because... What they did is they started a committee that's going to be focused strictly on regulating nicotine, you know, uh, e-cig and vapor product importing and usage and regulations and stuff like this. And so had the, it says, uh, in response to this proposed ban, Australian Senator Matthew Canavan and MP George Christensen started a petition to overturn the ban and instead legalize and regulate nicotine. Yeah. The committee established to examine vaping uh, opened itself up to public consultation. However, the submission window has since closed. But before the window closed, Michael Johensen, uh, who's an MP, a member of the Nationals who represents the upper hunter in the New South Wales Parliament. Okay, there's a lot of words happening right now that I am unfamiliar with because I am not Australian. But anyway, he sent the Senate inquiry his own submission in which he voiced his support for vaping as smoking cessation, that he has personally used vaping to quit smoking after decades of failed attempts. Johansson cited the overwhelming evidence that vaping is far safer and a proven method of quitting smoking in his submission to the committee. So Australia has a few MPs and politicians that are really, really in favor of vaping. And, you know, it was a combination initially getting this ban knocked down was a combination of like MP support and public support. And now that the MPs have this like, you know, they, they want to regulate vaping. They don't want it just banned. They don't want a $220,000 fine for trying to import nicotine to quit smoking. And now they have this new committee in Australia. It's being led by 
people who are supportive of vaping and people, politicians who have quit smoking with vapor products. So things in Australia could be turning around in 2021. They might go down the road of uh, New Zealand or the United Kingdom and just embrace vaping as a form of tobacco harm reduction, which I think is just fantastic. So there you go. There's a little news from Australia. I try to share good news. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's few and far between, man, but I try to share it as often as I can. Kane, what are you doing? Uh, Super Chatty says, after many times trying over the last seven years, I'm one month on the only vape for the first time in seven years. Uh, I'm turned off at the taste of a cigarette. Fucking A. I love this. Congratulations. Hell yeah. One month. God, that's an exciting time. You can do it. Go, go, go. Here's the thing. Months just turn into more months. They just turn into years. It just gets easier and easier and you just keep going and you just and you come to a point where you're like, I don't even remember what it's like to light up a cigarette anymore. Don't nope. even remember. It's so great. So great. Uh, Mike P in with a super chat. CASA is an email service. Prioritize VTA instead. Uh, no, certainly not. Um, CASA yeah. is a consumer organization and VTA is a trade organization. Very different entities, some yep. generally with the same goal, but sometimes not always with the same goal. Correct. Because also, I don't know what's going on with VTA. They've been a little they MIA. Went dark, kind of, yeah. a while ago. So I'm not sure what's happening there. I haven't seen anything from them or heard anything from them. No. I don't know if they're, I have no knowledge of what exactly is going on there. But CASA is definitely more than an email service. Yeah, <laughs> We definitely. use an email service, but we are not an email service. We are an advocacy organization for consumers. Yes. So you should most definitely, unless you're a business owner, which it makes sense if you go to VTA or SFADA, yep. if you're a consumer, you should definitely be a member of CASA. Yes, consumer organization. They, CASA has the consumer's best interests on the table. That's what right. CASA defends. CASA defends the consumer. So you, right. me, VTA is a trade organization. So their, you know, their priority is businesses, businesses and the business priorities and the consumer priorities. Eh, you know, they, they should generally line up. They don't always. So it's it's important to get plugged in and involved with the with the advocacy organization that's going to represent who you you are, your best right. interests, right? So yeah, I would not say that Casa uh, is just an email service. That's that's kind of nah, a, bro. It's a little bit of a ridiculous thing to say, but I appreciate you being here anyway. Now, man, this is depressing. This is this is this is our main topic. It's it's the thumbnail. It's the headline. Smoking's long decline is over. I can't say I'm surprised. Kind of seen this coming for what seems like a while now, just because. I mean, they're going to get into it. They have some, you know, some Altria people in here have some ideas as to why this is going on. But I don't I don't believe any of it. <laughs> I just don't. I'm too skeptical of a person. I went into this way too skeptically. But we're going to have a little bit of story time with Grim Green uh, with plenty, plenty of interjections. And this is coming from the Wall Street Journal. I just want you guys to know. I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal to read this article. I know that there, I hear like there's workarounds with incognito tabs and the such as. Didn't even think of it last night. I'm just thinking I have to read this whole article right now. How much does this cost? 
$14 a month. The Wall Street Journal's $14 Damn. a month just for a digital copy. Dude, I do like I do New York Times and Washington Post, and I think those are like five dollars yeah, like a year eight, or something. Yeah. I don't even know. It's real cheap. That seems expensive. Yeah, the New York Times, nice and cheap. Love the New York Times. Love getting my news from the New York Times. The Wall Street Journal is fifteen dollars a month. A month. A month. Damn. Ridiculous. The decade-long decline in U.S. cigarette sales halted last year as people in lockdown lit up more frequently. And health concerns around e-cigarettes caused some vapors to switch back to cigarettes. Yeah. I mean. You warned you. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think of. What's the word I'm looking for? That's right. I told you so. I told That's you so. That's the word. Yeah. I told you so. Before the pandemic, U.S. cigarette unit sales had been falling at an accelerating rate, hitting 5.5% in 2019 as smokers switched or quit to alternatives like e-cigarettes. The pandemic put the brakes on that slide. In 2020, the U.S. cigarette industry unit sales were flat compared to the previous year, according to data released Thursday by Marlboro maker Altria Group, Inc. So my my thumbnail is a little misleading. I have a big spike. You know, I wanted that dramatic spike effect, like people are smoking again. But really, if you have year-over-year declines in smoking and then that levels off, it might as well be a spike. That means that more people are smoking. It means that they're not quitting anymore. It means that, exactly, exactly. It means that they're not well said. People had more opportunities to smoke because they spent more time at home and had more money to spend on cigarettes because they spent less on gas, travel, and entertainment, Altria said. They drank more liquor, too. Is that really why people smoked more cigarettes? Because they didn't have to spend money on travel? Is that I who, mean, who makes that decision? Who I says that? I don't know. That? It could be a factor. I think probably a larger factor is stress. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest, biggest factors factor. that they're not talking about. It has to um, be. I think stress, I, definitely. I think stress and, then, and flavor bans. And all the things going on with vaping, yeah. exactly. It's got to be stress and flavor bans. But sure, Altria, it's because people are spending less money on gas. Like, who's gonna, who's smoking in the quarantine at home and then, oh, we're going to go back to work now. I guess I'll quit smoking because now I have to spend my money on gas and travel? Come on, Altria. Yeah. That logic is... Blah, blah. That That's some... That's some sketchy logic there. I mean, you could have people. Here's here's where I could sort of see this, sure, right? Sure. Okay, so you could have like when I was a smoker, mm -hmm. I was the type of person that always bought individual packs. I almost never bought cartons, right. and I know that's like the more cost-effective way to do it. Yeah, but I just yeah, I felt like that was crossing some sort of line that I didn't want to cross. You right. know what I mean? When you bought a I carton, didn't buy you cartons. were like smoker, smoker. Exactly, you know? and so I I didn't. But I could see people, if they've got some extra cash, might think to themselves, okay, yeah. I can afford to buy a carton, and that lets me not have to go out and see people as frequently. Right. So you buy the carton. But then here's – I did buy a carton once, and what happened? I smoked more because <laughs> I knew that I had it, yep. and I didn't have to – so I could okay, sort yeah, of I get that. see, I could see a that. little bit of that. Yeah. But I think that stress is probably a much bigger factor, in my humble opinion. Uh, yeah, it's got to be stress, right? Stress – I mean, the stress of the pandemic, 
uh, job loss, exactly. health conditions, finances, finances. I mean, even just, you know, humans are social creatures. We form social groups and interaction with other humans is really, really important to our well-being. And when you take that away, the human animal changes, you know? Yeah, we get a little weird. We get a little weird, man. Kind of start smoking a little bit, I guess. At the same time, it says some e-cigarette users turned back to combustible cigarettes because of increased e-cigarette taxes, bans on flavored vaping products, and confusion about the health effects of vaping, consumer and industry officials say. What? You mean higher? You mean making vaping more expensive than smoking? D- deters people from quitting what you mean limiting the appeal of the most successful quit smoking aid in the history of human civilization you mean making that less appealing causes people to smoke more cigarettes unreal why are people confused oh, i don't know people could be confused <laughs> people could be confused because the american cancer society tells you to not vape Altria on Thursday didn't offer a projection for cigarette sales in 2021, saying it would depend in part on the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and how consumers' behavior changes after they're vaccinated. That's another weird, like, step around the subject thing. Wow. What? Why does... If you get a vaccine, you go, oh, quitting smoking today. I'm not going to buy any more cartons of Altria cigarettes because I got this vaccine now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't understand Altria, and I'm just trying to dig at basically everything they say. I don't know. U.S. cigarettes were even stronger last year than they were in 2015 when gas prices dropped sharply, allowing consumers more discretionary spending, and many people switched back to cigarettes after trying first-generation vaping devices. Those early products didn't deliver nicotine effectively enough to satisfy some addicted cigarette smokers. I mean, I feel like that's fair. That's First-gen really devices fair. did not work for me. No, like, I agree. I couldn't do it. It's super fair. It worked. I mean, I'm amazed that it worked for me. I, I'm shocked. I was. I really wanted it to work, though. It worked for me. It worked for a few people, but there were mountains of people i mean those first gen first and second generation vaping products were mostly bad i mean mostly pretty bad um but e-cigarette sales took off again in 2017 spurred by the popularity of a new vaporizer called jewel i don't think it's solely jewel but okay it's definitely not it's definitely not solely solely jewel what you have to remember in especially with the wall street journal is that they're looking off of like nielsen data Mm -hmm. which is only reported by uh convenience stores and gas stations Mm -hmm. like that's the official sales that they're looking at right they have no data whatsoever on your b&m's sales or giant vapes online sales they don't have any data for that so this is all based off of c-store yeah they got no vapor dna uh sales data or anything like that um E-cigarette sales were booming in the fall of 2019 when the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, investigating an outbreak of mysterious lung illnesses, warned customers to not use any vaping products. Sales took a nosedive. Shocking. The illness later was linked to vitamin E oil and marijuana vaping products, but the public's perception of e-cigarette safety hasn't rebounded, and neither have the sales. You know why people's 
public perception hasn't rebounded because CDs, what has CDC done to correct their Ivali? You can't, Zero. You can't, no, no, no. Zero. No. I have a weird spot of sunlight and it's driving I, me insane. I, I look Can at you that. see it? I saw that. At first it was on your eye and I was like, oh, you're going to like just right into okay. your uh, retina. I'm just going to just one moment, please. <laughs> one moment. Go, yeah. Just, <laughs> go protect your eyeballs. Go protect your eyeballs. <laughs> so look, if we're going to keep ragging on the CDC, the CDC, uh, maybe I'll wait for Danielle. Maybe I'll wait for Danielle. Jules, look, uh, Adam, Adam Vickers in the chat. Um, Jewels are pretty horrible, but I have used a jewel in many times. Um, I used a jewel in a pinch a couple of times. There was one time I was in New York and, uh, you know, burnt whatever tank that I brought with me. I had no coil heads. I'm in New York City. I'm like, where's a vape shop? I just went into whatever a bodega and we bought jewels and vaped jewels. I would rather vape a jewel than a cigarette, but I'd rather vape anything other than a jewel. That's where that comes down to. So CDC, when Ivali was happening, they were very, very vocal about don't vape. No vaping products. Every day on Twitter, every day yeah. on the news, local news, national news, don't vape, don't vape. And then when CDC discovered that this was coming from illicit black market vitamin E acetate contaminated THC cartridges. W what did the CDC do? They just went, oh, okay. Yeah, basically. They're just like, we're just not going to talk we're about not, this yeah, anymore. Yeah, we're just not going to talk Bye. about this anymore. We're going to let all of our anti-vaping messaging continue to live, continue to get cited by all sorts of mainstream media news outlets continue to get cited by armchair politicians. They still politicians. do it today. Still, still they talk about Ivali and vaping. CDC did nothing to correct this misinformation. And the people that were, that were going to switch to vaping and improve their life exponentially, and now they haven't, that's on CDC. That is... 100% on CDC. The, this is all on CDC. God, CDC. Yeah. It does tell the story. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I'm trying not to read this entire article because it is pretty long, but they tell the story of this guy, uh, Bashir Kunabrigi. He was a software developer in San Antonio, Texas. In 2018, he gave up his Marlboros for e cigarettes. Then in 2019, he switched back to cigarettes. His quote, 28-year-old dude said, uh, trust the devil you know. I keep smoking and it's going to give me cancer, but with vaping, it's much more uncharted territory. That quote makes me literally physically ill that this yeah. poor guy who was a smoker, who knows how bad smoking is for him, switched to vaping and then switched back to smoking purely because of CDC's misinformation. This poor guy is just smoking again. And he's convinced in his head that it, there's all these unknowns, merchants right. of doubt. They want you mm -hmm. to doubt the efficacy and, and the healthy, you know, the health benefits of switching from smoking to vaping. 
This is exhibit A of Merchants of Doubt. Yes, vaping is much more uncharted territory. It's best to just trust the devil you know. You know, I know smoking is going to give me cancer, but vaping, that's just too much uncharted territory. <sighs> public, public health officials say that while e-cigarette use isn't risk-free, no one's claimed that it is. No, one no one's that. ever said that. I have never in my 12 years on YouTube, I've never heard anybody say vaping is absolutely safe for everybody. Absolutely safe. 100% safe. Risk-free. No one said Nothing that. Nothing is that. There is literally is nothing on the planet that is 100% risk-free. No. I mean, as we discussed, you know, Casey fell out of bed a few weeks ago. Exactly. Risk. There's risk. There's risk You can everywhere. die from drinking too much water, okay? You definitely can. There was that girl that died on the radio. Yep. For holding her pee for a wee, and she just died. Any, literally anything can kill you, you guys. Like, literally anything. <laughs> literally anything. There was one night, uh, tangent, I was, you know, it's whatever, shed time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get in your head a little bit, and you start thinking about things. And I remember I was sitting out on my patio, and I was, like, feeling my arms and, like, my skin. And I'm like, humans are so fragile. Like, why... Why don't we wear full suits of body armor everywhere we go? I could fall down my stairs and die. I'm that fragile of a being. Yep. I could just fall down my stairs, die. No one would, I mean, no one would, Casey's gone at work, wouldn't seem day. You know, we're so fragile. We're just fragile little beings. Why don't we wear suits of armor everywhere? So yeah, literally everything can kill you. Everything, everything can hurt you. Um, there's a whole movie series about this. Final Destination. Did yeah. you not see these? I mean, come on. Final Destination. Yeah, you can die oh, so shit. many ways. In, in really extravagant ways, too, oh. you know. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. So public health officials say that while e-cigarettes aren't risk-free, they do pose significantly less risk than cigarette smoking, which is associated with more, more than 480,000 deaths in the U.S. each year. Yet according to Euromonitor survey, now this is the, my favorite part, according to a Euromonitor survey in early 2020, 73% of U.S. respondents said vaping products were as harmful or more harmful than cigarettes. 73%. I'm praying there were only like 10 respondents. Yeah. I'm sure there's more than that. But Why would they think this though? What, I mean, is it the California Department of Public Health telling me that nicotine's brain poison? Is it the CDC telling me not to vape? Is it American Cancer Society telling me, no, you should not quit smoking with vaping? Why? Lung Association, FDA, Lung associ yeah, Campaign FDA, for Tobacco-Free Kids, Truth Initiative. Why do people... Should we go on? Yeah. Should we go on? Euromonitor reported that the public perception of e-cigarette safety worsened in all 20 of the countries that it surveyed. All 20 countries. They said this weakness was undoubtedly a factor in the relative robustness of cigarette volumes in 2020. So people's misinformation, people's wrong ideas about how dangerous vaping actually is, is one of the contributing factors to cigarette sales being so strong suddenly. Yep. 
Unreal. I mean, told you so. I just want to keep saying that. Told you so. Yeah. I told you so. We tried to warn you. We really did. Adults using e-cigarettes as an alternative to cigarettes shouldn't go back to smoking, said Brian King, the deputy director of the CDC's Office on Smoking and Health and a senior official involved in the agency's vaping-related illness response. So Brian King's stand-up guy, he says those people should consider using FDA-approved smoking cessation medications and... If they choose to use e-cigarettes, they should switch completely from from cigarettes. Yeah. Isn't that what everybody's been saying? Isn't that what what we've been saying? Isn't that what all the science has been saying? You only get the benefit if you switch completely. To, you get the most you benefit. You get the most benefit if you switch completely, if you switch completely yes. right? So this is another one of those. The CDC director, Brian King, is saying that vaping is better than smoking without saying (laughs) that vaping is better than smoking. He's got this like weaselly way to kind of squirm around this. Yep. And it's it's like you can't tell a smoker, you can't tell someone using vaping, don't go back to cigarettes. But what you're doing isn't any better for you. What logic is that? It's not. I mean, if it's not any better, then why not go back? Yeah. Don't go back to cigarettes. But what you're doing is not any better for you. But don't go back to cigarettes. But what you're doing is worse. But don't go back. But don't go back. How, how do they continue to play this, like, this weird song and dance where they don't have to admit anything? And, they, you know, during the lung illness investigation, the CDC promptly shared the latest data with, latest data with the public and refined its recommendation based on available scientific evidence, Dr. King said. The CDC now recommends that people avoid vaping products containing THC, particularly from informal sources like friends, family, in-person, or online dealers. Whisper. The CDC whispered that out to the world. That's what it should say. They shouted that Evoli was caused by vaping, but they whispered that Ivali was actually caused by uh, black market illicit THC products, which is what we were saying the whole time. <laughs> I credit Leafly personally. Yeah, Leafly, Rolling Stone, both of them yep. got it right before the CDC did. We Even FDA went out with it before CDC did. 100%. Vitamin E acetate in black market THC cartridges. Told you so. Other adult smokers said in interviews that restrictions on fruity and minty e-cigarette flavors have nudged them back to cigarettes. So how much more evidence do we need that flavor bans only push people back to smoking? How many more times do we need to go through this little exercise before someone in the government or on some sort of city council goes, hey, wait. I read that in Massachusetts when they did this, X, Y, and Z happened. I read that vapors or e-cigarette users, when in the face of a flavor ban, moved back to cigarettes. I saw that in San Francisco, X, Y, and Z happened. Let's not keep going down this insane road over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. How many, how many more states is it going to take? I don't know. They do talk about youth vaping a little bit. They say uh, seeking to curb an uptick in underage vaping, federal legislation in 2020 raised the legal age to 21 
the Food and Drug Administration took some sweet and mint-flavored e-cigarette refill cartridges off the market, and those measures appears to have worked. In a federal survey conducted between January and March of 2020, 19.6% of high school students said they had vaped in the past 30 days, compared with the 27.5% in the same period a year earlier. So they're attributing this drop in youth vaping to, of course, the things that they've done. Of course they <laughs> of are. Of course. It was our, it was our methods that Their way is the right this. way, yeah. and if you don't believe them, just ask them. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's a really, that's crazy accurate. So this this is the the end of it here, and there's this FDA spokeswoman that I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't like her very much. An FDA spokeswoman, spokeswoman said, changes in tobacco consumption couldn't be attributed to a single policy or event or piece of legislation. Right. It was a lot of things. It was a lot of misinformation. It was Ivali. It was flavor bans. It was taxes on vapor products. All of those things. All of those things. Um, she noted that adult consumers still have access to flavored vaping products like disposable e-cigarettes and tank systems. I mean, we do for now. I mean, but also not even really But also legally. not even really legally, A. Not tech. We do, but <laughs> technically we're all breaking the law. We do, but not really. And even if, I don't like this FDA spokeswoman. I don't know who she is, but I don't like her. COVID-19, she goes on to say, COVID-19 has created a drastic change in daily life, including increased stress and anxiety that may contribute to smaller than expected reduction in cigarette sales. She added that because cigarette smoking increases the risk of more severe illness with COVID-19, there has never been a better time to try to quit. Except that's not really that true either. No, it, the best time to quit was when vaping was, you know, like mm, 2016, <laughs> right. 15. That right. was the best. That was the 16. best time to I quit. I feel like 16 was like, we knew about FDA regs coming, but nothing was official yet. And we had like the dope products that were coming yeah. out. I feel yeah. like that, that 16, 17 was like the best that was time. Pr that was prime time. But even this, when, even when this FDA spokeswoman says that cigarette smoking increases the risk of uh, you know, severe illness with COVID-19, there's no evidence that shows that. We have evidence that if you, if you are someone it. who smokes and you do get COVID, yes. you may have a worse outcome. Right. However, it seems that people who smoke get COVID less than people who don't smoke. But it is fair to say that if you do get it, there have been worse outcomes. Uh, yeah, I still just don't like the way she presented that. She she, she presented it in the if you smoke you'll targeted get COVID. messaging way. Yeah, yeah if you smoke yeah. or vape, you're gonna get COVID, and that's right. not that's that's not based on the science that we have. That is not what is being reported. Uh, people who smoke are underrepresented in COVID statistics. Recent studies have shown that smokers and I knew I realize that's a weasel word. Okay, I, I make I'm aware of a, re, a weasel word. I'm just reading the weasel word from this website. Recent studies have shown that smokers are significantly underrepresented among hospitalized COVID nineteen patients in China, France, Italy, Germany, the UK, the US, Israel, Iran, South Korea, Kuwait, Mexico, Spain, and Switzerland. <laughs> So everywhere, basically. So everywhere. In fact, it says here, the apparent substantial underrepresentation of smokers among COVID-19 inpatients 
consistently across 13 countries is remarkable. Remarkable. Don't like this FDA spokeswoman. Don't like her. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that they whipped around to the other side of that, though. I do appreciate yeah. the author of this article yes. going into that. Yes. Altria, the biggest U.S. tobacco company, reported that sales rose 4.9% to $6.3 billion in the quarter ending December 31st from $6 billion a year earlier. Its revenue from cigarettes and cigars was $5.6 billion. And that's the thing. Big Tobacco always has the tobacco cash cow. I'm convinced that this is why Altria invested in Juul and then purposefully tanked it. It's the same reason why in the 90s, Chevron was like, oh, we're going to invest in renewable energy and solar things and all this stuff. And then they just tank it on purpose because... They always have gasoline to sell. Tobacco companies will always have cigarettes to sell. They will. Always. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, though. I always. have a hard time believing that Altria put that much money into Juul and then purposefully tanked it. I think the government tanked Juul. I yeah. think Ivali tanked Juul. I think regulations tanked Juul way more than... Yes. Because here's what I think about the tobacco companies. I'm not a fan of them. I don't like them particularly. But I do think that they're not stupid. And they sure, really sure. like money. And I believe what they are seeing is that harm reduction products um, are the future of this, you know, category, if you will. Right. That they're not going to be able to keep doing cigarettes forever. And they know this because their sales have been steadily declining yes. over the years, as we've talked about. So I think they see money in vaping and heat not burn. They see customers. They see people that live to buy their products for a long time. And so they follow the money and are interested in switching. I don't think that they necessarily at this point considering that most of them have an arm in vapor already yeah. i don't i don't think that they're trying to tank it per se i, I think, think it is expendable to them yes I definitely they're not gonna like throw everything to the wind for it if it works out and is convenient for them that's great um but i don't think necessarily so, you know that at this point that they're purposely trying to i didn't think so I didn't think so for a while either. And I, I kept wanting so hard to make that connection to Chevron because I, I read this great article years ago about Chevron, uh, you know, investing in renewable energy. And then they purposefully, you know, they invested all this money into it to show, hey, look, we're trying. And then they went, oh, no, it didn't work out. Buy gas. Juul self-banned their own flavors. They did. That is purposefully tanking your product. That is purposefully limiting the appeal of your product to smokers. But I think you can also understand why they did that, right? Like they were on the front of every headline yeah. on everything saying, oh, the kids in the mango, oh, the kids in the mango. Sure. Now they only took it off the market in the US. That's the other thing yep. where it was happening. Yep. It's not like they worldwide, right. you know, necessarily. So. On the one, like, I still don't, I still don't think they necessarily should have self-banned. No. But also from an Altria, like, CEO type standpoint, which I think they had already switched by the time that happened, if I'm not mistaken, that, that that's a sacrifice they were willing to make, right? Because they're not going to, like, go under for vaping, but 
you know what I mean? They will make sacrifices. So I don't necessarily think they were trying to do bad. They put a lot of money. I mean, they I have know, a lot of they money. Did. But they, they have, did put a lot of money They made in there $6 billion too. on cigarette sales last year. It, it's true. It's true. I just, I think that they're, they're going the path of least resistance. I think that they know that nobody's going to, be, like, they can't do what we do. No, no. They can't. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. No one will believe them. Yeah. So the only thing Excellent that they can point. do is take corporate type actions yep. like, okay. like pulling yeah. things from the market that's a good because no one trusts them yeah. so what else are they supposed to do yeah you know that's so, a really good again point. i'm not a tobacco apologizer or anything but i'm pragmatic about this yeah you know what i mean you know and yeah and that's a good point is yeah that's a really good point that's an excellent point good point danielle damn it i still i don't know i don't like you don't tobacco. Like you know I don't, I don't like them either you don't have to like them. It's this, they could, they, uh, they could have done so much. They could have fought back against flavor bans to protect their new investment, but they didn't. They could have released sales data. I mean, they know exactly how much vaping has cut into their bottom line. They can release this and go, look, there's this many million vapors in the nation right now, but they don't, they don't help. And I get like, no. and it's, it, you know, I don't believe that the big tobacco industries are evil, but like you said, people wouldn't believe them. And, and, and we even see that now with like Moira Gilchrist, Dr. Moira Gilchrist on Twitter uh, with PMI, and they're doing legitimate harm reduction science, but because of the you know lens that it's coming from, because of this PMI connection, people instantly go, ah, industry funded, you know, man, of course they're going to do that. So yeah, I get that that nobody would have believed them anyway. Right. I mean, they can't they can't do what we can do. Now, do I think that they could have like something gotten smarter about it, right? Yeah. Like maybe release that information to one of the advocacy orgs and let us, you know, like do yeah. I think they could have done more? Absolutely. But these are also like corporate overlord types, yes. right? They're not grassroots, they're not scrappy like we are. They're not you know, crazy creative and super desperate to make this work for them. That's, right. that's not them. So they're not, unfortunately, yeah. going to think of those See, because they still, they'll always have cigarettes. Cigarettes will never go away. They'll always right. have cigarettes to sell, no matter what right. they do. We're, this story wraps up. It says, e-cigarette market leader Jewel Labs reported $1.9 billion in sales for the first nine months of 2019. The CDC in September of this of that year warned people not to vape, and Jewel later that autumn voluntarily stopped selling its sweet and mint-flavored refill pods in anticipation of federal flavor restrictions. The company's revenue dropped, oh no, to only $1.1 billion. How is they how are they gonna survive? That's crazy. Dropped to 1.1 billion in the first nine months of 2020 and was an estimated 340 million in the last quarter of this year. Altria still holds a 35% stake in Jewel. So there you go. Uh, I'll put a link down in the description. If you're a subscriber of the Wall Street Journal, you can read this and share it around. If you're not, you can maybe use an incognito tab, but uh a combination of the pandemic, uh, job loss, stress, anxiety, health issues, societal issues. I mean, uh, misinformation, misinformation, evoli, flavor bans, exorbitant taxes, all of this 
And I love that the FDA person just like, well, there's no real one thing. It's like, of course not. It's it's this has been like a calculated thing since the beginning. All of these factors. Smoking's back up. Smoking's on the rise. Smoking's on the rise. Smoking's long decline is over, which is a huge bummer. What I want to see is like 2022 when we're back here on TBN, because we'll definitely still be doing it. And we want to see smoking's long decline continues as... Because everybody loosened up their yeah, regulations on vaping. the Food and Drug Administration teamed up with the Cochrane Addiction Library and crafted reasonable, reasonable regulations. vape regulations so that every adult has access to Marlboros just the same. They have access to vapor products and smoking is... At an all-time low, even lower. They'll they'll say things like even lower than it was in 2019. You know. So there you go, guys. That's it. That's all the news that I got to 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 print print. I don't know to say today, but uh, I appreciate you guys being here. There's just a lot going on, and I'll recommend a few things to you. Get involved with CASA, sign up, super free and easy. Follow CASA on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter right here, Grim Green. You can follow Daniel Jones on Twitter over there, Rubber Duck, you're the one. I'll have links down in the description. And just be as informed as you can be. Uh, learn as much as you possibly can and just speak confidently to vaping because it vaping's going to change the world. It's already changing the world. And uh, I think with a little bit of help from the vape community and some tasty flavors, we could just end cigarette smoking yeah. just voluntarily, like with mm -hmm. no help of the government, no, nope. no bans necessary, nope. just a better product than smoking cigarettes. And then smoking cigarettes just goes away. And no, we don't even remember. We don't even remember. There'll be a cigarette in the Smithsonian. It'll be like, in the late 20th century, this was completely eradicated from the market thanks to new clean nicotine technologies. That's what I want to see. Preach. Yes. That's what I want to see. It's my dream. That's my dream. That's my dream, too. That's our dream. And that's the dream of TBN. That dream is alive and well here on TBN. Anyway, appreciate you guys being here really means a lot to me. I'll throw a whole mess of links down in the description, but get out there on Twitter. Be the best advocates that you can be. Just be proud to be a vapor. Be confident. We have so much science on our side, you guys. It's a little bit ridiculous. We just have to get it to the right people and make our voices heard. Do those calls to actions. Make those phone calls. Vaping, you know? <laughs> exactly. save, some, save some lives of some American adult smokers. Anyway, like I said, appreciate you guys being here. I guess we'll get rid of this now. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. So from all of us here at uh, the TBN studios, want to thank all the interns, the cast and crew that make it possible possible here at the at the, yeah. the, Chad. At the TV job, chat Chad. over there. Chad, Chad's a hell of a guy. He never, yeah. never lets me down, you know? Employee of the month, Chad. Employee of the month, Chad. From TBN to you, Chad. <laughs> but thank you guys for being here. Remember, no matter literally what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So literally, no matter what is in your hand, you guys, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other. Peace out, everybody. Bye.